Welcome to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast, a weekly conversation about mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information or to find a therapist in your area, visit our website at therapyforblackgirls.com. While I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for session 276 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. We'll get right into our conversation after a word from our sponsors. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Forum is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I've seen quite a few videos on social media recently of young women soliciting help in finding the perfect dress for graduation. Might I suggest you add Macy's to your list? They have lots of options for dresses that will transition perfectly from under your gown to that incredible dinner with family after the ceremony. Check out options from brands like On 34th, Michael Kors, DKNY, and many more. Shop at Macy's.com or in-store. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. You may have heard that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Buying your first car can make you feel like a superstar as it's a big purchase, but it can take time to get there. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. 
Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. This week, I'm joined by the vagina rehab doctor, Dr. Janelle Howell. She's a pelvic physical therapist and board-certified women's health specialist who treats painful sex, urinary frequency, urinary incontinence, pelvic pain, and bowel dysfunction. She creates content on social media advocating for open, honest, and inspirational awareness regarding vaginal health, pelvic floor health, and reproductive health. Our special conversation for Sex Positive September explores myths about sex and the vagina, tips to optimize your pelvic and vaginal health and wellness, and more. If something resonates with you while enjoying our conversation, please share it with us on social media using the hashtag TBGNSession. And visit the website sexpositiveseptember.com to join us for the other events and conversations we're having all this month. Here's our conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Howell. I'm so excited to be here and just grateful for the opportunity. Yes, very excited to dig in with you. So tell me what inspired you to start creating content as the vagina rehab doctor? Okay, so believe it or not, when the pandemic started, before that, I was actually teaching a lot about traveling because I was into traveling physical therapy. And what I would do is I would work these three month contracts mainly in California. And then when it was over, I could go anywhere in the world. And so I really love going to these different countries. And I wanted to show other people that look like me that they could also travel. But when Corona hit, no one was trying to leave. (laughs) Everyone was in their house. And so I said, okay, I might as well start sharing more about what I do in my career. And that's when I started talking about pelvic health and vaginal health. And it's just kind of sore. It wasn't really on purpose the growth that has taken place, but I'm really thankful in the way that it has kind of blossomed. Yeah. I mean, it's very necessary for us to talk about it. And I think a lot of people are interested in learning more. So I'm really glad that you fell into that and have started to share more. So can you give us like a 101, like in basic terms, what is vaginal and pelvic health? So vaginal and pelvic health is focused mainly on your pelvic floor muscle group, which is like this basket of muscles that sit at the base of your pelvis. So we know about the vagina because we know if someone's having sex, then that's the organ that's used for that. We know that babies come out of the vagina. And then we have these pelvic health assessments or these PAPs where we go to see a gynecologist and they go through the vagina. But we don't typically hear about the pelvic floor which is a dynamic muscle group that really helps us with so much like sports, sex. These are the muscles that contract when we have an orgasm. These are the muscles that have to lengthen out when we're giving birth. These are the muscles that need to support us for bladder control and even our gut health. Because if those muscles become uncoordinated or too tense, that can cause things like constipation. So it shows up so much in our life and especially for our mental health as well. Because if we're dealing with some mental health disturbances, pelvic floor dysfunction is actually really common. You're going to be at a higher risk for some pelvic floor issues. So can you say more about this group of muscles and like why it is important for us to make sure that we're strengthening it and what happens if we are not? So these muscles are, again, at the base of the pelvis, right? 
And so it's like a diamond. You have your anus down in the back and then to the sides of the vaginal opening, you have these sit bones. Right on top, you have that pubic bone and then the vagina is smack dab in the middle. These muscles are important because if they start to become too tense, too weak or just weak period or uncoordinated, meaning your muscles are contracting when you want them to open. Let's say you're trying to pee or you're trying to poop. You need your muscles to open and really relax. But if those muscles are too tense, then you're going to likely have some issues with that. Maybe feeling like you have to pee all the time because those muscles are pressing on your bladder or maybe feeling like you didn't really empty your bowels all the way because your muscles are not opening and relaxing. So I can talk about these muscles all day, Joy, (laughs) but that's a really great introduction. They support your organs. They are really important for bowel, bladder, and sexual health. Got it. Okay. And so if we are not exercising these muscles and strengthening them, then we see these complications that you've mentioned, or we could. Well, so actually that is a myth that most of us think that we have to strengthen the muscles. But what I'm seeing in practice is 80% of women and people that come through the doors, they actually don't have a lot of weakness. They have too much tension. So I'm sure you know that anxiety is a real huge problem right now. And the body responds to anxiety by tensing the pelvic floor muscles. So the muscles are too tense. We also sit for a really long time. That puts our pelvic floor in a shortened position. So many issues go back to how relaxed you are. How at peace do you feel? Are you in traumatic and stressful environments? All of that can drive too much tension in the pelvic floor. And, you know, for years, we thought a tight vagina was the right vagina. But I'm here to tell you that a tight vagina is not a right vagina. Most of what I see, people peeing on themselves, not being able to control their bladder, peeing as often as every 15 minutes, sex is hurting, can't poop, tense pelvic floor, too Mm -hmm. tight. And sometimes it can be weak as well. But it really goes back to our lifestyle. What's going on in our life? What are the situations surrounding different things that we do, like maybe sports or how we move or even how we breathe? There's so many things, but the good thing is that we're learning more about the pelvic floor. And so there's hope. I mean, all of these conditions are treatable. It's Mm -hmm. not like you have to be in that position forever. So I know a lot of what you do is helping people to then learn exercises to release the tension in that pelvic area. So can you say a little bit about what those exercises are and like how you teach your clients to do those? Yeah. So a big part of what we do is actually looking at before we even get into exercises, how is someone breathing? Because if we're breathing the correct way, actually our pelvic floor relaxes just like this, and then it goes right back up. But if we are breathing like from our chest, our shoulders are rising, our chest is moving out, but our belly is not relaxed, then we're gonna be forfeiting pelvic floor muscle relaxation and contraction. And that's why I'm really also adamant about being real about waist trainers and things that suck you in Because if your diaphragm is not moving enough, your pelvic floor also is not. So no one wants to have coochie chaos. If you want your vagina to be supporting you, you need not to be putting all that pressure down on it. That can contribute to things like prolapse. And that's when the bladder can start to droop through the vagina. The rectum can start to come down, even the uterus. So it's really important that we support the environment of the pelvic floor as well. Basic exercises, though, are similar to other exercises like in yoga or Pilates. Bridges are common things that we do. Stretches are common things that we do. Very similar to other forms of fitness and exercise. 
Got it. Are Kegel exercises something that also relaxes the pelvic area? No. So that would tense it up if mm. someone has weakness or let's say laxity. The term that we use is looseness in a community, but medically that term is laxity. And if that's there in addition to weakness, then many times we do use Kegels. But the problem is a lot of people assume that their pelvic floor is weak when they're having any issue at all. They're peeing their pants or maybe they're playing sports and they don't feel like they have support or maybe they just had a baby and they don't feel like they have the same level of strength or support. And everyone just assumes they need to do Kegels. But that's like giving yourself a prescription medicine without seeing a doctor. You don't know what's going on. And so, again, most women and most people are too tense. So if you just start squeezing and gripping and squeezing, you're just losing more mobility. And believe me, you want mobility in your pelvic floor. You want it to move well, just like any other muscle group. Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Howe, how would we know we need to come see you? Like, I don't know that I've ever heard any physician that I've worked with talk about like, oh, I'm going to send you to this pelvic rehab doctor or a pelvic therapist. What kinds of concerns might we be having that would make us think, oh, we probably need to see someone like Dr. Howe? So I'll go over the four basic major ones and then also kind of extra. Number one, if you've recently had a baby or just have had a baby ever, you definitely should go see a pelvic physical therapist because for nine months, your pelvic floor was under more strain, more stress, holding up the weight of the placenta, the baby, you know, everything that we have while we are pregnant, it's your pelvic floor that was holding all of that up. So there can be weakness, there can be strain, there can also be scar tissue because a lot of women tear or maybe we have forceps delivery. There's a lot of trauma that goes into delivering a child. And so that is a number one sign. Just go get a consult. It doesn't mean that anything is wrong, but you should definitely go get seen just like we go see our gynecologist once a year. The next thing I would say was any sort of pee problems, whether you feel like you always gotta go pee or whether you feel like pee is coming out when you laugh, sneeze, jump, run, or maybe you don't feel like you're emptying your bladder all the way. I have a lot of people that say, They just peed five minutes ago. Why do I feel like I got to go again? I feel like I didn't get it all out. So bladder pain, frequent urinary tract infections. Sometimes people have a symptom of like burning or urgency and they think they have a UTI, but it's really their pelvic floor muscles that are compressing on the urethra or the bladder. And that can make it feel like you have a UTI. So anything bladder, that's a sign you should go. Anything poop, right? Constipated can't hold your poop in, or maybe you're straining. Your poop looks like those little pebbles and those little rocks. That's embarrassing poop. If your poop is embarrassing you (laughs) and you're eating all the fiber, you're doing all the right things, that is another sign. And then sexual function. Sex should never be painful. And it's so many people that just grit through painful sex or it's uncomfortable. I mean, even things like inability to achieve orgasm could be a sign of pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, So sexual bladder, bowel, and recently having a baby, but also just getting older. I think we deserve to know as much as we can about our bodies. So we don't necessarily have to wait until we have a huge problem to go check up on our pelvic floor. Hmm. So Dr. Howe, I want to go back to something that you just mentioned around painful sex, because that is something we've talked about here on the podcast. And I wonder if you can say more about what causes the painful sex as it relates to like maybe clients that you've seen. Yeah. So around the opening of the vagina is called the introitus. And that's this tissue right here. And this opening is so responsive and sensitive to hormones. 
So let's say you're getting older, maybe you're 45, 50, you're approaching menopause. Sometimes the lower amounts of estrogen and testosterone can make that tissue more, let's say raw or irritable, or it's just not stretchy enough. So when you try to insert something into the vaginal canal, it's not flexible enough to really allow pain-free penetration. The other thing would just be, even if it's not related to hormones, your muscles, again, are just too tense because they've been guarding so long. They've been trying to protect you. Maybe you've gone through a lot of trauma. Maybe you have anxiety. Then your muscles typically are going to be tensing up whenever you feel stress, anxiety, high amounts of nervous energy, all of that. So if that's happening on a regular basis, if those muscles are too tense, then it's not going to be opening enough to allow pleasurable penetration. And the same thing for the deeper part of the pelvic floor. When you achieve deeper penetration or thrusting, if there's tension or trigger points, the same way we have trigger points like in our neck, our back, our, our hamstrings, you can have the same thing in your pelvic floor. And imagine a penis or a toy hitting a painful muscle. That's not going to be comfortable at all. And that's going to block arousal, lubrication, orgasm, and so forth. So how would you work with a client who came to you with that kind of a concern? If the patient is open to it, internal myofascial release. And what that means is with one finger, of course, a glove and lubricant, <laughs> we're assessing the inside of the pelvic floor. So we want to know where are you holding your tension? What likely is contributing to it? So if you have like postural deficits or again, if you're breathing abnormally or maybe you suck your tummy in and you don't really realize that, we do have to address the weaknesses and the abnormal body movements surrounding the pelvic floor, but we also can't ignore what's going on inside of the vagina and inside of the pelvic floor. So then we want to try and release that and stretch that with one finger. We'll have you do breathing. We might have you do some hip range of motion while we're trying to relax those muscles. And then sometimes even the same day, I can feel more movement in their pelvic floor. So surprisingly, if your muscles are really tense, so tense that they're not moving well, then your contraction is actually going to be weak because the muscle can't move. As soon as we release a lot of that tension, you now have stronger contractions and a better vaginal grip because your muscles can now move again. So that's a big part of what we do in addition to the exercises, behavioral changes, posture, trying to help them with stress management all of those things. So when you say behavioral changes, what do you mean? Different things like how they're sitting, that's behavior. Got it. How they're standing, how do they stand? A lot of people have done different types of sports or activities like ballet, where they learn to just hold everything in, suck it in, suck your tummy in, or maybe they have body image issues and they don't feel comfortable relaxing their abdominal wall. Other things like what they're drinking or what they're eating. A lot of people that have bladder pain are drinking too much coffee. Coffee is a bladder irritant. And so you drink that all the time that can lead to bladder pain and different things. So those are all behaviors, even setting up better sleep hygiene. Like if you're not getting enough rest, your muscles are going to be more irritable. You're going to be at a higher risk for vaginal pH imbalances. So I try to address as much as I can. And then of course, refer out when I'm not qualified to help. But behaviors definitely will impact the pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. More from my conversation with Dr. Howell after the break. Hey, ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. 
It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Attention all last-minute shoppers. Just a reminder that Mother's Day is May 12th. And if you're like me, you're still trying to figure out the perfect gift for the amazing moms in your life. But no worries, Macy's has got you covered. They've got gift guides to make shopping a breeze. Whether you're looking for the perfect pieces for your fashionista mom or for your best friend who's celebrating her very first Mother's Day this year, you can shop by price, by category, and they even have specialty lists to help focus you even more, like a list for the mom who has it all and a list of items that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted. Right now, some of this year's hottest items include digital picture frames and Polaroid cameras. With the help of their gift guides, I'm sure you'll find just the right thing. Head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. Are you ready for a family vacation you will never forget? One where anything is possible? If so, it's time to plan your getaway to sunny Orlando. Orlando really is the ultimate family destination. It's time to break out the matching bedazzled t-shirt, dust off your go-to dad jokes, and prepare for exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, and fresh new dining experiences, and so much more. Of course, you know that Orlando is the theme park capital of the world, with 15 of the world's top theme parks and water parks all in one place, and beyond the parks, there is also excitement and family fun around every corner. If you're ready to plan an epic Orlando vacation, but you're not sure where to start, you can talk one-on-one with one of their Visit Orlando vacation planners. In Orlando, anything is possible. If you can imagine it, plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. You may be aware that most people who are Black have O-type blood. 
O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct, positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the idea of a referral because as you were talking, I was thinking there are likely cases you've seen where someone has maybe a history of pelvic trauma, right? And that, of course, will cause some of the tension. And so I wonder what it looks like for you to work with somebody who maybe has a history of trauma. And are you ever working in connection with a mental health professional to kind of tag team and help this person to, to release some of that tension? Absolutely. I remember having one patient who came to see me. She struggled with a lot of anxiety. And her main issue why she came to me was she was peeing like seven, eight times a night. So she wasn't sleeping through the night. She wasn't feeling rested because she was always up peeing. And her pelvic floor was, whoo, it was an angry vagina. I mean, that thing was guarded, tense, tight. Barely could get my finger to do the examination. But we got her so much better. She was down to urinating maybe once or twice a night. And I discharged her. Now, when I discharged her, her pelvic floor wasn't perfect. So that's not even really my goal is to get someone perfect, but to get them functional. Like, can you sleep through the night? Can you have sex without pain? Can you you do the things that you want to do? And she did fine. She came back a few months later, maybe like five or six months later. I'm like, you know, what's going on? And her pelvic floor was exactly the same at which I discharged her. So again, her pelvic floor was still not perfect, but it was no different than when I discharged her last. And I said, how are you doing with your anxiety? How are you doing with your mental health? And she said, I'm struggling. I feel anxious all the time. I feel depressed. The pandemic is making things worse. And so I referred her to go see a psychiatrist. She was able to get on some medication. And then almost immediately, her urination went right back down to one to two times a night. So it's definitely a joint approach. I'm not going to treat in isolation, you know, I'm not going to treat on the island. Sometimes the patient doesn't have access to all different forms of healthcare providers, but it's definitely great to at least tell your patients, hey, this could help you if you're able to go see a mental health care provider, because it doesn't matter how many stretches we do. I can dig out all those vagina trigger points. If you don't address that mental health, then it's going to keep driving the pelvic floor tension or the pelvic floor dysfunction. So I love you. <laughs> I love all people that do what you do. We need more of you. And I'm happy that it's, the awareness is so much better than it was even just five years ago. Mm-hmm. The stigma is starting slowly. I mean, the stigma is still there. But I'm grateful for the awareness and the education that we're getting around mm-hmm. it now. Mm-hmm. So are there, as a part of like your discharge, besides like the behavioral changes that you're talking about, are there like everyday exercises that you are instructing clients to do like stretches or other things that you think would be helpful for our community to know about as well? A lot of stretches are going to be specific to what they're going through. So for example, I have a patient that has vulvodynia, which is just fancy term for the outside of the vagina hurts. Maybe the inner lips or the clitoris. It may feel like burning or stinging pain. 
I was focusing a lot on her pelvic floor, doing a lot of pelvic floor exercises, and she got minimally better. She didn't get completely better until I started looking at her neck and shoulder. So if we just give the same exercises to everyone, you're probably not going to achieve that optimal level of fitness. However, I do have a vagina CEO release e-guide that shows you my top 16 pelvic floor exercises for common pelvic floor dysfunction, painful sex, frequent urination, tense pelvic floor muscles, anxiety. And that's where I just use, okay, what are my most common exercises that I tend to give to people? They look like things like happy baby, child's pose, hip flexor stretches, stretches that we see commonly, but I give you cueing on how to breathe, how to relax your pelvic floor and your vagina, how to make sure you're doing it correctly. And also just understanding what does this have to do with your lifestyle as well? So I also give you cues on what's going to tend to right back up, which is kind of what we talked about posture and other things. So that e-guide is a great resource already. People have been loving it. I had a patient or a client who hadn't been able to have pain-free sex with her husband for over six months. She did exercises for one day and she was better. So sometimes it doesn't require six months of pelvic PT. Sometimes you just need to move your body. Mm-hmm. So based on your experience and talking with clients and even the work that you've been doing online, what do you feel like are some of the most common myths that you hear about sex and the vagina? That sex is supposed to hurt the first time. It's never supposed to hurt. Even if it's commonly happening, that doesn't mean that it's supposed to hurt. There can be anxiety your first time. There may not be enough foreplay your first time. You may not know what you're doing <laughs> the first time. So that's a myth. Another myth, the penis has to be big in order for you to enjoy sex. I mean, to me, that's a myth because the vagina on average is like two and a half inches long. Our vagina is not this eternal canal that just keeps going and going. <laughs> so that's a big myth that I see. Communication, you know, actually having a connection with your partner, being patient and understanding. I think that has more of an impact than just size alone. Obviously, we're going to have preferences and nothing's wrong with having a preference. But I think that's a myth. Another myth, again, is that we should be doing Kegels and that we need to have a really tight vagina. I spend so much time untightening vaginas. I'm telling you that's about 80 to 90% of my work. And it doesn't matter if someone's young or old. That's the common trend that we don't know how to let go. Because we've been told how to squeeze for years. We know how to squeeze. But how do you know if you're letting go and releasing your pelvic floor? That is a huge myth. Last thing I would say is that you need to be using like scented soaps and special brands of feminine hygiene just to maintain a basic level of vaginal health. And that's false. You actually don't need any special soap or cleanser. You just need to not do anything to your vagina. (laughs) Don't put things inside of your vagina. You don't need an herb ball in there. You don't need a detox ball. You don't need to put anything in there. Surprisingly, the vagina secretes things like lactic acid and hydrogen peroxide. So the less you do, actually, the better in terms of scented products and products with a million ingredients you can't even pronounce. I think that's a big myth that you have to do all of this stuff just to maintain this basic level of vaginal health. You know, Dr. How you're getting at something else that I wanted to kind of hear your thoughts about, and I'm sure you see a lot of it. What kinds of like sexual and vaginal kind of health disinformation and misinformation do you see that you want people to be very careful about? One of the things I see is that the yoni eggs, 
just putting yoni eggs in your vagina to tighten it. And again, if 80% of us are already too tense, then putting something in your vagina and just holding a stone in your vagina does not simulate what your pelvic floor likes to do on a regular basis. The way our pelvic floor works is that it contracts when it needs to and then it lets go. It doesn't just squeeze and hold a contraction. That's like squeezing your arm and just holding it up all day. Your arm's going to start to hurt. It's going to become too tense. You're going to lose function and fitness in your arm. So the same thing happens with the pelvic floor. The other problem I have with these yoni eggs is that they're porous, meaning there's these tiny little holes in them. That means the bacteria can get trapped inside of that. Now you're putting that in your vagina, potentially disrupting this really sensitive balance of good bacteria. The good bacteria is what creates your vaginal pH, not soap. Soap is actually decreasing the amounts of healthy bacteria that's down there. So that is a harm. And I see it, unfortunately, a lot in our community because we do have distrust with our medical providers. Doctors don't believe that we're in pain. Not all doctors, of course. But we have been underheard. We've been overlooked. So we turn to natural remedies which I am for. I love my tea. I love my essential oils. I'm here for natural medicine. But when it comes to the vagina, we do have to be careful and make sure that we're not just doing something because, you know, our cousin is doing it or someone on TikTok is doing it and actually understanding what is the vagina looking for. And many times it's not looking for a stone or it's not looking for an herb ball. It's looking for us to be healthy and to have good sexual boundaries and to take care of our mental health and to use unscented products and really just trust that our body knows what it's doing. If we're having an issue, it just means it needs more support, maybe more testing to see what's contributing to our problems. Why is this happening? As opposed to assuming that we need to help our vagina cleanse itself or detox itself. Mm-hmm. More from my conversation with Dr. Howell after the break. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, 
a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Attention all last-minute shoppers. Just a reminder that Mother's Day is May 12th. And if you're like me, you're still trying to figure out the perfect gift for the amazing moms in your life. But no worries, Macy's has got you covered. They've got gift guides to make shopping a breeze. Whether you're looking for the perfect pieces for your fashionista mom or for your best friend who's celebrating her very first Mother's Day this year, you can shop by price, by category, and they even have specialty lists to help focus you even more, like a list for the mom who has it all and a list of items that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted. Right now, some of this year's hottest items include digital picture frames and Polaroid cameras. With the help of their gift guides, I'm sure you'll find just the right thing. Head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. Are you ready for a family vacation you will never forget? One where anything is possible? If so, it's time to plan your getaway to sunny Orlando. Orlando really is the ultimate family destination. It's time to break out the matching bedazzled t-shirt, dust off your go-to dad jokes, and prepare for exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, and fresh new dining experiences, and so much more. Of course, you know that Orlando is the theme park capital of the world, with 15 of the world's top theme parks and water parks all in one place, and beyond the parks, there is also excitement and family fun around every corner. If you're ready to plan an epic Orlando vacation, but you're not sure where to start, you can talk one-on-one with one of their Visit Orlando vacation planners. In Orlando, anything is possible. If you can imagine it, plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. You may be aware that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct, positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. So is it important, Dr. Howell, for us to be peeing after sex? Okay. Ooh, that's a really good one. Now you're getting into it. I don't think it's a bad practice. So nothing bad is going to happen if you empty your bladder because you could likely be emptying out any extra bacteria that has entered into the urethra, the sweat, the semen, your vaginal fluids, your lubricant. I mean, there's a lot of different fluids and bacteria that can enter into the urethra. So peeing is not a bad thing. And I think it's helpful. Whether it's scientifically proven or not, I'm not sure that it is. Mm. So are there any kind of like pre or post intercourse kinds of routines or things you think that would be helpful for us to know about and maybe be practicing? 
yeah, before sex, definitely get sexually tested. Make sure that your partner doesn't have sexually transmitted infections, or if they do, that you know about it and that you know how you're going to move forward safely because we don't want to make any assumptions. The other thing would be is that if you know that you have recurrent vaginal infections, like let's say recurrent yeast infections, really common. It's nothing to be ashamed about. It happens all the time. It's like the common cold for the vagina. Or bacterial vaginosis, which can create like a gray discharge or a fishy smell. Also really common, especially among Black women and women of color. If that's happening, what I want to say is that you should look into getting a vaginal pH test kit. It's really cheap, no more than $20. You can check your own vaginal pH at home. And if it's over 4.5, then you definitely don't want to be having the hot girl summer. (laughs) No condom, you know, doing this right today, doing this tomorrow. Use protection. And if you know you're sensitive, you might want to look into those non-latex condoms. But you definitely don't want to be having unprotected sex because semen has a very different pH level than vaginal fluid. And so if you're already sensitive, if you already have this history of infections, then Check your vaginal pH before doing sexual activity, especially if you're thinking about doing it without protection. But of course, I encourage using protection as often as possible. After sex, you want a dry ass pussy. That's that's what you want. So we hear about the WAP, right? So which means a wet or a lubricated vagina. After sex, you don't want all that fluid sitting around. So after you're done with intercourse, you want to dry off, whether that's taking your shower, whether that's getting a warm towel and wiping off that fluid front to back. That's going to be helpful with preventing infections as well, because bacteria and viruses thrive on moisture. They really can't survive without a source of water. So if you get rid of that, then you're going to be decreasing your chances of getting an infection, which is a source of anxiety frustration, low confidence for a lot of us that are struggling with our vaginal health. That is another great tip that I would recommend. Before sex, if you have pain, definitely do some pelvic floor exercises, some stretching, some breathing, you know, making sure that you're relaxed and you're not tense. Stretching those hips is a really great sexual routine to help you with your sexual wellness. Hmm. And what about birth control, Dr. Howell? Does that impact our sex life at all? Absolutely. I just was talking to a gynecologist yesterday who specializes in sexual medicine. And she was telling me that when we're on birth control, specifically for longer periods of time, that lowers the level of androgens in the body, which are like male hormones. But really, it shouldn't be called male hormones because they're in the body of females and males. And we need them for our sex drive. We need them for our menstrual health. We need them for lubrication. So if you're on birth control for a long period of time, it takes you down lower when it comes to your hormones. So you can experience dryness. You could experience pain with sex. Your clitoris and the vagina can atrophy a bit because when you're taking birth control, it's almost like you go into this temporary menopause, right? You're not able to get pregnant, right? You're not ovulating, right? So it's similar to menopause. And one thing that, that happens in menopause is that the vagina can thin out And that makes it more likely that sex is going to be painful because there's less cushion, right? The tissue is not as juicy, for lack of a better medical term. And so that is something that we don't talk about enough. Our vulva health, our clitoral health, you know, that stuff is really important. 
is the clitoris there? Clitoral atrophy is a thing. And it happens to people, not just that are older, it happens to, to younger people too. So yes, birth control can impact our vaginal health. It also can change the pH balance. So it can predispose you to more yeast infections. So if you're noticing those changes and you weren't having them before birth control, then you can consider talking to your doctor about other options. But if you're on birth control and you're not noticing any issues with sexual function, clitoral health, pelvic floor health, then by no means don't worry and go out fearing. But it definitely impacts our health because it impacts our hormones. Got it. So what questions would you suggest we be talking with our physicians or healthcare practitioners in our yearly kind of vaginal wellness checkups? What kinds of questions should we be asking? I think we should be asking, why are we in pain? (laughs) Okay, so a lot of us have fibroids. A lot of us have painful periods. A lot of us have painful sex. And if the doctor is not able to answer why you're in pain, it's okay. Doctors don't know everything, but can they do more testing? Can they do maybe an endometrial biopsy? Can they do a pelvic ultrasound? Can they refer you to a pelvic physical therapist if you have sexual pain? If you have painful periods and you're taking birth control, okay, that's impacting your symptoms and that's helping you to tolerate your periods better. But your period should not feel like you're having a baby. It should not be like you're taking off from work, you're curled up in a ball, you're vomiting. Can we do more testing? Can we test my hormones? Can you refer me to a dietitian? There's so many things that we can ask. Now I would say, don't settle for that easy answer of, oh, let's just watch it or let's just see if things don't get worse. No, you don't want to wait until things get worse. You want to achieve wellness now if you can. So those are a few questions that I would recommend and definitely looking into your nutrients. So vitamin D deficiency is so common. And it's related to period pain. It's related to or associated with fibroids. It's associated with sexual dysfunction. Vitamin B as in boy, that's really important. Your iron levels. A lot of us grew up anemic. We don't like taking our iron pills. We're like, I am not swallowing that thing. Sis, take your iron, please. It's going to help you so much, even with your fertility and all of that. So get those hormones and get those nutrients tested. I have to advocate for my own self and say, I want you to check my vitamin D. I want you to check my vitamin B as in boy. Sometimes you got to ask and nothing's wrong with that. They should be open and willing to join that. Mm-hmm. So you've already talked a little bit about foods that, you know, are related to our vaginal and sexual health. What kinds of foods do we need to eat more of or consume less of related to wellness, related to our vagina and sexual health? Okay. So I'll start with what we should likely try and at least manage or limit. Okay. And I'm going to start with sugary stuff. Because sugar can change our hormonal balance. It can lead to increased estrogen levels. If we're having too much sugar in the diet, that can increase our insulin, which can then increase our estrogen. And if we have something called polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is PCOS, number one cause of infertility, that is like at the core of really getting on top of your condition, managing your blood sugar and managing your insulin resistance. So decreasing the amounts of sugar, nutrient and, you know, nutritionists, they recommend no more than like 26 grams of sugar per day. Y'all, one latte at Starbucks can have as much as 60 grams of sugar in it. Listen, Starbucks doesn't care about your womb, doesn't care about your vagina, doesn't care about your menstrual cycle. So look at how much sugar you're having. You don't have to get rid of it completely. Sometimes it's just, okay, I don't need the soda today. 
or maybe I don't need five cookies. Maybe I'm just going to have one. <laughs> so sometimes it's just so smaller changes. And then next thing I would say is inflammatory foods. These are going to be your processed foods. These are going to be processed meats like sausage, bacon, burgers, things that are heavily fried. That's going to lead to more inflammation in the body, around the ovaries, near the uterus, all of that. And if we want to start nourishing a healthier vagina, especially when it comes to our vaginal pH, we don't want to have an inflammatory environment. That's also something that can lead to vaginal dryness. So your body sets up these mechanisms that tries to protect you. It's like, okay, if there's already a lot of inflammation in the body, we don't want a penis coming in here. We don't want a sex toy coming in here. So let's make it as dry as possible. <laughs> and so that's your body actually trying to protect you. You might notice that if you change up your diet a bit, making sure you're still getting enough food, enough calories, but you're changing the type of foods, you might notice more vaginal lubrication. Other things that I talk about in my vagina food e-guide is getting enough fats. So our hormones are made from fat. So if you're not getting enough foods, let's say olive oil or avocados or nuts, um, yogurt is a great source, unsweetened Greek yogurt, great source of fat. That helps us to make estrogen and make the hormones that support our sex drive, support our menstrual cycle, support our fertility. So I would start there by saying, okay, what am I eating that's inflaming my body? Can I decrease that? And what can I eat more of that comes from the earth? Does it come from a tree? Does it come from the ground? Eat it. <laughs> eat more of it. And you don't have to be vegetarian or vegan. I'm not vegetarian or vegan. But just saying, okay, today I'm going to try and get plant-based protein for one meal out of the day. Instead of getting my chicken or my beef, I'm going to get black beans, or maybe I'm going to get tofu, or maybe I'm going to get even a protein shake that may have plant-based protein. So there's several things that we can do to just improve our vaginal health when it comes to food. There was a really huge study that came out recently, and they looked at thousands of women that were trying to get pregnant, but they weren't ovulating. So if you're not ovulating, you're not dropping that egg, you're not going to get pregnant. What they found was that when women substituted Animal protein for plant-based protein, they had a 50% higher chance of ovulating. So again, it doesn't mean that you have to go vegan and start eating grass, but can you substitute every now and then the meat for plant-based protein? And I talk about that as well in my vagina food e-guide, different forms of protein that are not meat. Because I think we grow up thinking protein is only meat, but meat does not equal protein and protein does not equal meat. Protein is found in a lot of plant foods. Now, is there anything we can eat that will increase our iron intake so we do not have to swallow them big iron pills? <laughs> you are really, really funny. This is a great question. I'm going to tell you mm, about three foods that I think will be great. But before that, I just want to say liquid iron is a great way to get your iron in a way that doesn't make you nauseous, doesn't make you constipated. Chase it down with some apple juice or some water or whatever. That's a great way to get your iron in. Because most of the time, foods are just not going to have enough iron in one serving when you're low on iron. But spinach is packed in iron. It's a great source of iron. Blackstrap molasses, that's a good source of iron. Again, not the tastiest thing. But you guys, iron is a mineral. It's not going to be very tasty. There's <laughs> no way to make it tasty. <laughs> yeah, imagine eating metal. I mean, if you eat metal, it's not going to taste good. Just start chomping on metal. It's not going to taste very good. Beets are a great source of iron. 
but also nitric oxide. And we need that to expand the blood vessels, which is needed for sexual function, arousal, lubrication, this overall general health, even for exercise and high blood pressure. So beets, beet juice, spinach, get your green smoothies in and yeah, just take your iron supplement. (laughs) (laughs) No way around it. Well, this has been so much fun, Dr. Howell. So much great information. Tell us where we can stay connected with you. What is your website as well as any social media handles you'd like to share? Yeah, so my website is Vagina Rehab Doctor, everything lowercase, Vagina Rehab Doctor. There you can contact me if you want one-on-one consults. And I also keep you updating on upcoming bad stretch labs, bad strength labs, and my master classes on my website. Then mainly and primarily, I'm on Instagram. That's my main way of just staying in contact with the world and entertaining my own self with reels and different things. So I'm Vagina Rehab Doctor on Instagram and on TikTok. If you send me a message on Instagram, I may not see it in time, but you can send me an email. If you have any questions, vaginarehabdoctor at gmail.com. And those are the main ways that you can find So, Dr. Howell, what do you have coming up that we should know about? I know you do lots of fun classes and things. What do you have coming up for us? Yeah, so my next virtual masterclass is on October 2nd, and it's a vaginal fitness masterclass. And so in this class, it's going to be virtually recorded. If you can't make it, it's recorded and sent to everyone. The name of this masterclass is Things Your Mama Couldn't Say About Your Vagina. And a lot of what she couldn't say was that, you know, thinking about sex is healthy and it's normal. So in this class, I'm going to be teaching you how to support your sex drive and your libido with foods, with understanding it better, how it works, and also exercises. We're also going to be talking about how to do a self-internal pelvic floor exam. So how to check the inside of your vagina for strength, weakness, tension, pain, coordination. And then we're going to end the class with pelvic floor fitness exercises to better support you with sports and sexual activity. So that's on October 2nd. And you can find more information about that also on my website. Perfect. Well, we will be sure to include all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Dr. Howell. I appreciate it. I'm so glad Dr. Howell was able to share her expertise with us today. To learn more about her and her work and the classes she has coming up, visit the show notes at therapyforblackgirls.com slash session 276. And don't forget to text two of your girls and tell them to check out the episode right now. If you're looking for a therapist in your area, check out our therapist directory at therapyforblackgirls.com slash directory. And if you want to continue digging into this topic or just be in community with other sisters, come on over and join us in the Sister Circle. It's our cozy corner of the internet designed just for Black women. You can join us at community.therapyforblackgirls.com. This episode was produced by Frida Lucas and Elise Ellis, and editing was done by Dennison Bradford. Thank y'all so much for joining me again this week. I look forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take good care. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself 
and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. You may have heard that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 